you need parts, O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder. Renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Also brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest Sask Wheat Outlook on wheat markets, prices, and the impact from the war in Ukraine. We talk with the Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current for an update on crops in the southwest. Real Agriculture looks at Fusarium Head Blight. Saskatchewan Watersheds Association launches its Prairie Watersheds Climate Program, and we have reaction to the latest StatsCan seeding report. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The global wheat market was active last week with purchases originating from Middle East buyers. Michael Wilton is with Mercantile Consulting Venture and provided information in the latest Sask Wheat Weekly Market Update. He says Minneapolis wheat fell $1.22 a bushel in the past week. He outlined wheat trade during the past week. There was strong trade last week to the Middle East. Egypt, Algeria and others were buyers in positions from nearby to December. Egypt was the biggest buyer at 825,000 tons. They bought from France, Romania, Russia and Bulgaria. The World Bank provided the finances. In some of the most important news that happened in the wheat market last week, one of the big stories was the strong wheat trade, albeit at lower prices. The trades did not involve any North American grain. The USDA stock report showed USA wheat ending stocks for the 2021-22 season were up 5 million bushels from both the trade's average guess and the WASDA forecast. The trade also increased their estimate of the Russian wheat crop. Wilton also highlighted the latest grain developments in the war between Russia and Ukraine. In the Black Sea, analysts are guessing that the Russian wheat crop will be 86.9 million tons. They are also expecting that Russia will export 41 million tons. This compares to Sov Econ, who last week increased their forecast by an additional 300,000 tons to a record high Russian export number of 42.6 million tons. Poland is saying that the EU's goal of moving 20 million tons of grain out of Ukraine by the end of July is unrealistic. We're not surprised. Pre-war, when Ukraine had full use of the Black Sea, Ukraine was only shipping 6 million tons of grain per month. 
This Monday morning, news was released that Turkey has detained a Russian-flagged ship carrying Ukrainian wheat that was taken from the Russian-occupied port of Berdansk. Michael Wilton is a market analyst with Mercantile Consulting and compiled this week's Market Outlook for the Sask Wheat website. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKR. Canola seems to have come up at kind of some different rates. So some's flowering, some is kind of an earlier, kind of a more vegetative or cabbage. Some cereals are heading and some of them are at flag leaf. So a bit of a range out there. Pulses. Peas are flowering, and I think lentils should be flowering soon. How's the soil moisture? Uh, we've had actually some really nice rain in the Swift Current area in the last couple of days. I know it's been kind of spotty, though, so hopefully some of the crops that were having a bit of trouble earlier on because we didn't have much for soil moisture starting out in the spring can have some, some time to recover and kind of pulses and canola is kind of fairly adaptable, so definitely has some time to catch up from something that may be not doing not as well in the spring. The east has had a lot of moisture and the west part of the province has been fairly dry. Uh, is there, you said some crops are already hitting, is that because of dryness? Yeah, I'm guessing it's usually fairly uniform. So uh, in a lot of places in the southwest, we didn't really have any a lot of soil moisture starting out. So it was dry even a few feet deep where some people were digging things, doing construction in the winter. So there wasn't a lot to start with. We did have some snow, but I think there was some, some stress early on. Much hail and problems with insects or crop diseases? I've heard of hail here and there. We had a, there's a, tornado that touched down near Morse. I believe that was about a week and a half ago. Uh, I've heard some reports of hail, but nothing, no large hail, like in other areas of the province. For insects, there are a lot of grasshoppers out, so that's something definitely keep an eye on, uh, and that have been doing some damage. Flea beetles were out, but that's usually something as a, you look after for seedlings. Diseases, I haven't seen anything yet. With the more moisture in some areas, if we continue to have fairly frequent rain or, or high humidity, will be something to watch out for, but I haven't heard of anything so far. How's haying in the southwest? For hay, I know there were some people uh, earlier on that it was just too dry, so there have been some annual forage crops that have been seeded just to kind of replace that, but I think they should be going pretty well, I hope, uh, in the areas that got some rain. How far behind would you say crops are? I think it's kind of all over the map. I've seen a whole bunch of different stages, so it's pretty variable out there. I think for seeding earlier this year, it was maybe a week or two behind normal. But right now, it's kind of just part of that, too, is when things were seeded and a few different things going on. So I think it's kind of all over the map in the area. Shannon Chant is the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. 
We're joined right now by Dr. Kelly Turkington. He's a research scientist of plant pathology with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, based out of the Lacombe Research and Development Centre in Lacombe, Alberta. Let's talk about fusarium. You know, we've, we're, we're starting to get some uh, moisture, which is really welcomed, but we're getting a little bit close now to that time where growers really need to be thinking, no matter if they're in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, but be thinking about fusarium because the season is right upon us. What, what are those things we need to take into consideration when we're thinking about fusarium and our cereal crops? Uh, you know, one thing is to look at, at what, what issues you've had in the past within that field, but also neighboring fields. So that'll give you an indication of, you know, whether you've had problems in the past and there may be uh, potential for some infected residue within the field itself or adjacent fields. So, um, Right now, as the crop is moving from flag uh, leaf emergence into head emergence and, and so on, that's a period when, you know, you can look at the weather-based risk maps uh, for the three prairie provinces, and there are similar, similar approaches in, in uh, central Canada and the Maritimes, and that gives you an indication of whether the conditions, especially moisture, is the potential for spore production, and then once you get to post-head emergence and sort of the timing that's within the label recommendation, the next sort of aspect that you want to look at is uh, the risk maps in terms of the potential for infection post-head emergence. Now, the third aspect is, and, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt, is to look at what the forecast is like over the next two weeks. But if you're forecast weather conditions over the next two weeks would suggest a, a lot more moisture and you know from previous experience that you've had issues in the field that's the situation where things get a bit tricky in terms of trying to make that decision to spray or not to spray but if the, the risk is high from flag leaf emergence through the head emergence that's a scenario where moderate to high I should say that's a scenario where absolutely you want to get into that crop uh, after head emergence because you want to protect that head tissue with that fungicide. Yeah, and, and so it, it's it's that moisture rain happening as that head is emerging is is really the the key indicator. Do I have do I have that right based on what you just said? Yes. So if you look at the forecasting systems uh, here in Canada as well as uh, uh, those in the U.S., the primary driving parameter is relative humidity and I think it's above 90%. Uh, temperature, the range in terms of potential temperatures in the forecasting system, systems that we have, you know, roughly in that 9 to 10 degrees C through to about 30. So as long as the temperature's within that range, you're going to have a risk where you have relative humidity uh, above that 90% for a significant amount of hours within that crop on a daily basis. And from a, I guess a suppression or control standpoint, it, where is the effectiveness of the the fungicide? Like, what what should our expectations be? And and I guess maybe that's a really high level question. In the sense that probably the application of the timing has a big has a big impact on how effective that fungicide can actually be. That's a, that's an excellent uh, question, and I think traditionally producers. 
if they've sprayed for cereal leaf spots, let's say tan spot or the septoria complex in wheat or net blotch, scald or spot blotch and barley, you know, they're probably looking at 80 to 90% efficacy. If you're looking at leaf rust or stripe rust, the efficacy tends to be even better. We're talking 90, maybe even 95%. If you start looking at fusarium head blight, and there's two parameters that producers are focused on, and the first is fusarium damage kernels. So the severity within the harvested grain, which then has an impact on the grade that you're assigned, and then also the dawn uh, contamination of that grain. And typically for FHB, the, the, the efficacy level is in that 50% range. And it could be even lower with dawns. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today and a high of 27, the low 14. Tomorrow, Thursday, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of showers. Wind southeast, 30. The high forecast for Thursday, 23, the low 14. Friday, cloudy, the high 23, the low 17. Saturday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers. The high 25, the low 14. Sunday, partly cloudy with 60% chance of showers. The high 23 Sunday, the low 13. Monday, sunny with a high 26, the low 14. Tuesday, sunny, the high 28 degrees. Normal high is 25, the normal low is 11 degrees. The sun rose at 4.55 this morning, and it sets tonight at 9.12. And currently, the hot spot is in the southwest corner at Valmarie, 27. The cold spot, Melfort, at 15. Estevan is 22, Saskatoon, 19. Swift Current, 22. Weyburn, 25. Yorkton is 19. Regina sunny and 22, that's 72 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 17. Humidity is 68%. Their barometric pressure rising, 101.7. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 24. Winds are from the north at 13. Once again, Regina sunny and 22, that's 72 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions. From Gowan, Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The Prairie Watersheds Climate Program was officially launched in Regina yesterday. The Executive Director of the Saskatchewan Association of Watersheds, Bridget Andrews, says the organization has received federal funding to help farmers reduce greenhouse gas emissions through on-farm methods. We announced the Prairie Watersheds Climate Program. It's a program in partnership with the Manitoba Association of Watersheds. They're the lead, actually, uh, applicant or 
person with the program, so we're working in partnership with them. Uh, and it's funded by AEFC through the federal government, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, through the On-Farm Climate Change Fund. So OFCAP is the acronym for that. So that was a big announcement. It's going to mean approximately $18 million is going to come to agriculture producers in Saskatchewan out of the $40 million that was awarded to our organization. And it'll be for to help farmers adopt beneficial management practices in the areas of nitrogen management, cover cropping, and rotational grazing. So farmers will be able to work with the Saskatchewan Association of Watersheds and our staff to access funding for to implement these different BMPs on their operations. So and the and the uh, goal is to uh, if they're adopting them is to be able to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, store carbon, and help with mitigating our changing climate. How do farmers apply to obtain some of this cash? Well, they'll be working with the Saskatchewan Association uh, of Watershed staff. Uh, you can visit our website at www.saskwatersheds.ca. We have a tab there that says Prairie Watersheds Climate Fund. Just go to that tab, and then from there, you can actually, there's a table we created that you can just put your RM uh, number in. It'll take you directly to the contact person to work with to access the funding. What's the maximum a producer could qualify for? The maximum will be $75,000 per producer across all the BMP categories. And those categories were improving nitrogen management, uh, increased cover cropping, and increased rotational grazing. Am I correct? You are correct, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the Saskatchewan Association of Watersheds. Just who do you represent? Well, we are a provincial organization that is governed by a, a board of directors from the watershed stewardship groups across Saskatchewan. So we just actually went through a restructure here in March. So we wanted to offer more programming to producers, rural and urban communities with protecting source water. So that's a, really our mandate is to protect service and groundwater quality and quantity. So we work closely with the Water Security Agency, but we are a nonprofit organization governed, like I said, by a board of directors. We, our head office is located in Moose Jaw. We just will be opening it next week. But we are, our mandate is project implementation and education and awareness to the public about, you know, protecting water quality and quantity. Outline a few of the watershed associations in southern Saskatchewan that are part of your group. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be the Moose Jaw River Watershed are part of our group, Swift Creek Watershed Stewards, Old Wise Watershed Association, the Wascana Upper Coppell Watershed, South Saskatchewan River Watershed, Lower Sewers Watershed Committee. So those are a few anyway. I think the biggest thing is that the program is an opportunity to work with producers on the three BMPs and just get out there and work with them and educate them on the things they could maybe potentially be doing different to improve their op- operations, like for soil conservation, soil fertility, soil quality, you know, all those sorts of things. So we're just trying to try to get the messaging out there and work with as many producers as we can. Bridget Andrews is the executive director of the Saskatchewan Association of Watersheds. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. 
Industry analysts say there were no big surprises in the Stats Canada Seeded Acreage Report released yesterday. Ken Ball is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. I think it came out pretty close to expectations. Maybe a few things came out slightly higher, but this report won't yet reflect um, some of the unseeded acres uh, in the eastern prairies in the wetter, the wetter spots uh, because of, you know they did most of the survey late May into early June, and uh, they would have asked the growers at that time to to list seeded or intended to seed acres, with, and they would show those as seeded. But some of those intended acres never made it in in some areas. I don't think the adjustments will be huge, but we may trim you know a few hundred thousand acres here or there off you know a number of the uh, of the categories here. Farmers surveyed by StatsCan between the middle of May and the middle of June reported planting more wheat, lentils, corn for grain and soy and oats, but fewer acres of canola, barley, soybeans and dry peas. Some producers in eastern Saskatchewan and Manitoba were seeding well into June due to excessive spring moisture, and that could have some impact on the numbers. It's hard to put a number on it, really. Uh, it's it's you know the conditions are pretty poor in a good part of Manitoba and in some areas of eastern Saskatchewan because we just keep getting showers and rain, the, the wetness just won't go away. So there's both unseeded and then there's areas, acres that are seeded, but really aren't going anywhere. Uh, I don't think it, overall they're significant. Maybe Manitoba only has about, you know, 11, 12, 13% of, of the acres on the prairies. And uh, it's probably gonna end up being, it could be up to a million acres I would toss out, but I mean, really guessing there. But once you spread that out over, you know, a little canola, a little bit of wheat, a little bit of oats and so on, spread it out, it's, it may end up only being an adjustment of a few hundred thousand acres in each one, maybe a, few, maybe a little bit more than that. But in the end, that won't make a huge difference to the, you know, the final totals. StatsCan estimates 21.4 million acres of canola were seeded, which is about half a million tons above the March forecast, but 4.7% below the 2021 area. Spring wheat area is listed at 18.2 million acres, up 10.5% from last year. Everybody has, has their own reasons for shifting or moving acres around uh, year to year. Um, and of course, with late seeding that we did have, there was some, some shifting that happened because of late seeding, but not a lot. But it, it depends on rotations a lot, and, and obviously with the very aggressive prices we had coming into this spring, uh, you know, growers were attracted to certain things. Wheat did, did definitely attract some, some acres because, you know, wheat has been a more consistent yield producer than canola has, for example. The canola yields have gotten very variable in the last three, four, five years, uh, whereas wheat yields have seemed to come through more consistently. So a lot of growers did, did lean a little bit towards wheat this year with the high prices that we had. Plus, the, just the more confidence in, in growing wheat as a consistently yielding crop. Canola prices have come down from their recent historic highs, but Ball says they're still very lucrative. Uh, you know, we had another one of those in large, large influxes of, of sort of what I call maybe outside speculative money, money that's not normally, you know, buying and selling in the grain and oilseed markets, uh, you know, flushed in for a lot of reasons. There were some issues. There was the Ukraine issue. There was inflation. There was some crop problems in North America last year, of course. And we, you know, we got quite an influx of money, somewhat similar to what happened in 2008, 2009, when we had a big buildup of speculative money in the market. But we, we, we've also seen in the last few weeks what happens when that speculative money decides to cash out and go somewhere else. Prices will come down pretty hard. The good thing is though, even though we've crashed prices down fairly hard in the last few weeks or a couple of months even, uh, they're still very, very, very respectable prices. So it's, uh, 
And it's not as if they're going to necessarily go down forever. They, they can rebound from the sell-off. Globally, Ball says despite the Russia-Ukraine war, there's still a huge amount of wheat coming out of the Black Sea region. Even with the lower you know, Ukraine production uh, caused by the war, uh, Russia's headed for an all-time record crop, and, and there's still bumper crops in other parts of the Black Sea. So it's amazing, but it, it looks like Black Sea production of wheat this year will, will almost equal last year's all-time record. Uh, but the big thing is getting that wheat to market is, is a much bigger challenge because of the war. Uh, but slowly but steadily, the wheat does seem to be finding a home. And it, it's sort of a two-edged sword from, the, from a commercial trader's point of view. Yes, there's a, there's a shortage of wheat availability out of the Black Sea right now, but we're building up this huge stockpile of wheat in the Black Sea region. And if at some point in the future, you know, weeks, months, or however long down the road the situation stabilizes, and that wheat comes onto the market, is going to be a tidal wave of wheat. Ken Ball is with PI Financial in Winnipeg. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sass Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were showing mostly downward movement this morning. Viterra prices for Durham fell ten dollars at four ninety five twenty one. Canola went down four thirty at seven ninety seven seventy two. Flax fell twenty dollars at eight ninety two sixty seven. Oats dropped fifteen dollars at four oh six fifty three. Feed wheat declined forty dollars at three thirty eight thirty. Number one red spring wheat rose nine dollars twelve cents at three ninety one eighty seven. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley three twenty two eighty seven. Chickpeas ten fourteen thirteen. Lentils seven seventy one fifty. Yellow peas four eighty four seventy. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat rose three and three quarter cents at eight ninety three a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 5th. Our last regular sale was on June 22nd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.04 to $1.14. D3 cows sold from $0.94 cents to $1.03. Counter cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.80. Cents. Hefferet sold from $1.35 to $1.52, and good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.45. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,200 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of $248 to $264 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,400 head, selling in a range of 250 to $262 per CKG. Hams and bone salves this week are up, selling in the range of 47 to 53 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down 90 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3038. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 76.56 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, with the Western Corn Belt advancing $2.51 U.S. 100 weight, National softening $0.59, cents, and the cutout adjusted variant down $0.38 cents relative to the previous day. The pork cutout value was a notable $5.73 higher than the previous Friday, and subsequently $6.67 higher than the week-ago benchmark. 
It placed the day's value at $114.48, which is the highest price seen this year so far, and higher than $111.08 weekly high for 2022 that was last seen in the last week of February. The move was led by the ever-volatile belly primal that was up $20.48 relative to the previous day and $25.48 higher than its week-ago average. The overall trend in bellies is to move higher into August, and if the trend remains in place and the remainder of the primals do not come under excessive pressure, cash will be supported into August. While the lean hog futures market was mixed yesterday, all futures are higher today. The remaining 2022 contracts all gapped higher at the open, and the 2023s are supportive as well. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco land rollers and tillage equipment. The federal government is providing over $1 million to Soma Detect and Vivid Machines to help producers improve farm management and their bottom line. Soma Detect of Nova Scotia will combine its sensors and artificial intelligence to deliver real-time milk quality information for dairy farmers. Vivid Machines of Toronto will provide fruit and vegetable growers with a computer vision system that captures visible and chemical details of every plant across a crop from bud to harvest. The company will develop its sensor and vision technology to capture plant-level data below the canopy of leaves. In Saskatchewan, the value of building permits rose by 38% year-over-year. The value of building permits in Saskatchewan reached $178 million in May, a jump of 38% from May of last year and up 2.8% from April. On the markets, the TSX is down 206 points to 18,627. The Dow has fallen 56 points to 30,911. Oil has declined $1.26 at 98.24 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is unchanged at 76.60 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.